40 when I was nine years old. So, as it was in the way in those days, I was sent to Redditch to stay with my uncle. So, Anne was already two weeks old before I came home and met her for the first time. When I think about it, Anne and I have rarely been apart in the 80 years that have gone by since then. There were my three years of national service, but even then I would still see Anne during my visits home. Over the years, we did many things together, which I now remember with joy. We both always enjoyed singing and walking. Our interests were different in some areas. I played a lot of tennis, but Anne wasn't so keen. Anne left school at the age of 15 and went to work at Perry and Deakin, which became Pennycook. And that was where she worked until her retirement. Anne was an office receptionist and secretary, so her shorthand was pretty good. Anne loved children, and they loved her. From a young age, she had worked as a children's worker in the Sunday school in this church. And continued this work for so long that many of the children she'd worked with in the early days grew up and had children of their own. And Anne would find herself working with a second generation of many families. When Anne had completed 60 years of service among the children of this church, she was rewarded with an invitation to attend the Queen's Garden Party at Buckingham Palace, and she took me. I think this was one of the proudest moments of Anne's life. She didn't actually meet the Queen. After all, there were 500 to 600 other people there. But she loved the Queen's Garden, this is a clue as to the greatest joy of Anne's life, her garden. Anne always loved the garden as a quiet place for quiet reflection. And it was always there that she would see the greatness of God's reflection of God's creation. Anne always worked hard in our garden, even in later years, when she was a bit more limited about what she could do. Anne organised a garden, and she organised me the garden. So we worked well together. As an extension of Anne's love of the garden, she was an enthusiastic and talented flower arrangement. The beautiful arrangements which graced this church over the years were Anne's way of giving back to God some of the beauty he had created. Until very recently, and did needlework, knitting and crocheting, and she would make some of her own clothes, and even knitted one or two pullovers for me. 
and loved animals, especially cats. Was at Woodlands Road, we had two cats. Ruff was adopted from one of our neighbours. Then there was Elvis, who was also adopted when the elders moved to a new house on a busy main road and were frightened that Elvis wouldn't be able to cope with the traffic. And then took pity on him and took him in. I've already mentioned our share of love of singing, a love we both shared as members of the Nicholas Singers. It was a real delight when we were able to sing with the choir of Birmingham Town Hall. The other things we enjoyed were going on holiday together. Our favourite visit was to the unfailing Christian faith and a certainty about Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And I deeply miss that depth of faith and a gentle commitment to loving all those around her in whatever way she could. My beloved Anne lived a Christian faith quietly and simply and powerfully. Amen. Can we give John a round of applause? That was really wonderful. have a few moments now for people to give their own tributes and memories of Anne. Hope that people will do so, feel free to do that. But I just wanted to read a few that have been handed to me. The first from members of the Springfield Project, where Anne was very much uh, a volunteer and a known and loved person. Anne, I always knew you were praying for me and for the project. I will miss your faithfulness and ever smiling face when you came on sight. May you rest in peace and may we rise together in glory on the last day. Another one said, I remember Anne's kindness and love for the Springfield project. She walked down the road every week, especially to pray for the project and the staff who work there. She was always interested. This comes from someone who's involved in the project for many years, actually on behalf of her daughter, who is now 22. Anne was very dear to me growing up, from mother and toddlers to seedlings and eventually scats. Anne was always present during my childhood. She was a huge support to my mum and I and taught me many things, including flower arrangements, which is something I enjoy till this day. She was an active member of the community and would never fail to wave and say hello 
whether it's across the street or at the fruit stalls while shopping, exuding a brilliant and bright energy and will be dearly missed by all and was a pillar within the Springfield project for many years and has touched so many lives. God rest her soul. These are memories of one of our church members, Tina, who is, works, is both in the church and in the project. I remember Anne sitting in the lobby while John was in the office signing checks. I would often see her chatting with people who came in. She knew so many of them and was a huge part of the warmth and friendly face which the Springfield Project represents for so many members of the community. I remember coming into Seedlings to chat with the volunteers. It was always a highlight to hang out in the kitchen with Anne as she emptied the dishwasher and prepared the Seedlings snack. I loved sending in a new volunteer to her because I knew they would get the best possible introduction to the kindness and caring attitude that we want all our volunteers to model to those who come to our groups. During a volunteer social, Anne made a beautiful comment which brought many of the volunteers to tears. I asked her to write down her comment so that I could save it. So here it is in her own words. I appreciate more the people who have come to live in Springfield and hear and learn from them. We held ceilings in the old church hall, and then it was suggested to build a larger hall. And after four or five ladies praying over many years to God, it was decided with God's help we would go ahead. Still, some thought this would be too much for us, but now we cannot believe how big the project has grown and the different organizations being held here. Looking around at all the volunteers, I could tell them that it has all been worthwhile. And there are other memories too. This one from Pippa Brown. Anne would have been my Sunday school teacher around 1962. Those were the days of Bible stories with fuzzy felt characters. And I remember her telling the account of Zacchaeus up the tree. In all the years I've known her, I can't remember her raising her voice. She always treated children with kindness, knowing generation after generation by name. She remained committed to helping children know about Jesus and was an amazing example of loyal service. This from a young couple in our congregation, Paul and Maya. Anne Dyer changed our lives. I count Anne as one of the reasons my family first moved to Birmingham. We heard that she had been steadfast in quiet, humble prayer for the young people of the church and, in, and for a new youth worker. Likely, she was one of the reasons Maya and her siblings first came to faith at St. Christopher's. She had prepared a place for us with her prayers. She continued to pray for us and care for us while we grew up in the church and began our journeys in faith, a source of constant encouragement to keep going, someone who always took an interest in our faith, love and life. She did not stop as we got engaged and married, preparing beautiful, beautiful flowers for our wedding. We are deeply sad to see her go and that she will not meet our son on this side. But we are comforted in the knowledge that she is now in the place her father has prepared for her. And a lovely one from Diana. It's been so lovely for me to come back to the church where I started my spiritual journey. And Anne was instrumental in that, as I'm sure she will have been for so many people over the years. I know you will miss her terribly but also that you will come together as
as a church family to support each other and particularly dear John. Love and prayers to you all. These are just some of the tributes that we've received. I'd like to give some space now if anyone else would like to share memories or tributes for Anne. Good afternoon, folks. I just want to say, when we moved to Dover Road in 1962, Hans and Mrs. Dyer was the first one to welcome me in the road. And from that day, Han be my friend. Whatever, wherever she goes, she always home when you want to come. And even when Ivan wasn't well, Han and John took us way in the country for me. And such a good friend. We do a lot together in the evening, Sunday school, in the lunch club. We always do. We go to do the couch, the flowers. We always do. Han is one who always pick up the phone and the phone. And on my birthday, she sent John down and the Tuesday or Wednesday. And I phoned her on Saturday and we had a long half an hour on the phone we were talking. Didn't know it would be the last time I speak to her. I'm going to miss Han so much. And was such a good friend to me and the, and the, and the children and my great grandchildren. So I'm gonna miss her, John. I can't do much, but whenever you need, just take the phone up. All my grandchildren and children will be there for you. And thank you so much. And God bless you. And I'm going to miss you. You've been very dear sister to me. You really looked after me and cared for me. Since I gave my life to Jesus, you've been best friend. You've been by my, my family. 
you always looked for me. Even now you watch, even up to the last day, you keep watching over me. Is being up or she is still sleeping. If she doesn't hear from me or she doesn't see me for a week, she would pick the phone and call me. Are you all right, babe? She's been in my good time. She's been in my bad time. They've been my family. I never used to do the flowers in the church. She got me used to doing the flowers. And I'm so grateful for Anne's life. I thank you, Anne, for all you have done for me. And I tell you, I will miss you a lot. Really a lot. <laughs> and I must say, she is, as in the Bible it says, that your lifetime among people, that they may see your good days and praise our Father in heaven. Lord, and you've been shining, and we've seen your good days. What you have done for us, nobody else will be able to do it. Thank you, Anne. And I promise you, I will look after John as long as I could. John, I will be there for you all the time. Have a couple more minutes if anyone else wants to share. Good afternoon, church. Ooh, my voice seems a bit loud. What can I say about Anne? Um, I think the whole line is the fact that she was such a good friend. And when we appreciate what friend can do, it's Anne. Anne always had so much generosity and kindness for everybody that she met. I know that, you know, speaking from my own family, I know that Anne was one of my mother's closest friends. And then I was also able to like enjoy the very person that she was. During the time that Anne was with us, it would be on an afternoon, she, I could go down and I could be in the garden with her. And we, the beauty of having a friend is that you know you can share everything with that friend. And Anne would always cocoon us in a, in a, in a loving, generous, like sort of way of existing. And with that, it, it just brought over all the passion, knowing in my own walk, in my own faith, that she was an example, a pinnacle of what a Christian is to be and how a Christian is to act. A massive example for all the young people that she, you know, that whose life she did walk through. And I just give thanks to you, Anne, that you know that that you were just placed on this earth. And I give thanks that I had that very privilege of knowing who you were and having like a little insight into that fantastic nature that you had. I often remembered when Anne told me a story about how things have changed so much in the city, because um, Anne would have worked somewhere in the city centre, and on an afternoon, she had time to go all the way up to Smedic 
to have a cup of tea with one of her friends during her lunch hour. Which again, just in the, there's no way you could ever do that now in the city centre. But that is how Anne would have been, you know, looking out for people and just wanting to be with them and to be the very, very dear friend that she was. And I'd like to say goodbye, although goodbye is hard. But you are sorely, you will sorely be missed. And each and every one of us will look after you, John. And you know that you can call on us because you're our family. Thank you. Family is so important. That's what took us away from this wonderful church seven years ago. That it's good to be with family when you are older. But not everyone has family. But John and Anne together were family for so many people. And even for those who had natural families and good ones, between them they were just such a model of humble, unnoticed, very often simple, smiling, steady friendship and love. No more need be said, John knows that for the rest of his days and years. Some of us have many, some of us have not so many. But however many days God gives, he has purpose in those days for you. And you will have, if anyone could ever take the place of Anne, you will have scattered around you, close by, opposite, up the road, down the road, beyond the natural family, beyond culture, color, religion, anything else. You will have people who love you and want to return some of the love that you have shown them. No more could be said. Thank you. When first I ran to John and Anne, I think it was uh, uh, at a Bible, at a Bible fellowship, group Bible fellowship, John, Catherine, John and Anne, Gwen, Anita, Koki, and uh, I, I, I thought, I didn't know they were brothers and sisters, brother and sister, I thought they were a couple. To, uh, a while before it sank in. Always thought of them as a couple. Uh, yeah, Anne was a person uh, with a soft heart. And that's, that, that, that was something that stood out. 
a really soft heart. Not only that, it's um, a sense of humor. I loved teasing Anne. There were so many occasions she just, I would pull her leg and uh, she would respond. And uh, that, was, that was a lovely thing as well. But um, I think uh, what I'd like to leave behind is uh, the thought, the certainty of hope that we all have in Jesus. Anne is with Abraham and Sarah, with David, with Moses, with Samuel, with the Apostle Paul, with Peter and James and John, with Wycliffe and Tyndale, with William Carey and Amy Carmichael. She's with the saints. She's with the Lord. And that's one thing that we take back. We rejoice. It's amazing. It's amazing that today, it's not a day of sorrow. It's a day of sorrow. It's a day of hurt. But it's a day of rejoicing as well. That we will have not lost her. We will one day be with her forever. My name is Sloan. I was for many years a partner and the principal of the firm of Perry and Deakin, chartered surveyors, managing agents, what have you. When I joined the firm in 1967 as a partner, and had already been there 10 years, and over the years, only once or twice did she kindly remind me she'd been there first. <laughs> she had unabiding loyalty to my firm. It would have all occurred to her to address me or you, sir, as Tom. It was Mr. Sloan. I've forgotten your name. <laughs> you forgive me. It was Mr. Sloan. It was the same with everybody when she answered the firm. She learned to know the voices of the solicitors and the other professional people and the clients who contacted me. She knew the tenants, those the good ones and the bad ones, and could deal with them often efficiently without calling me. She unabiding loyalty to me and to my wife, and she babysat for us when we came to Mosley. It wasn't until we'd been celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary that I read the notes that the members of my staff wrote on that occasion, and Anne drew to my attention that we must, she must have been babysitting when we were away for most of the day at a wedding in Stratford, or wherever it was, and they locked themselves out when the Yale lock fastened on the bath door and they were stuck in the back garden and couldn't get over the fence. A woman of infinite ability our small son couldn't get through the window at the top, but she must have squeezed our small daughter through an opening less than two feet square onto the breakfast room table round the back with instructions to open the door. So I had two children when we got home. 
She was extremely loyal and we kept in touch. And she's been loyal to everybody who ever worked for Penny and Deakin. Now, many now gone. Some whom I never knew. She kept in contact with us all. And I'm delighted to see that there are some here today. And I look forward to seeing them again. If I can remember what they look like under their masks. I shall miss her. Uh, because like John, I'm his age. Uh, it seems a shame really. Uh, that others have to go before. She was always a happy, smiling girl, and she trained the youngsters who followed in the same way. Thank you. Just have a couple more now. Thank you. I feel really privileged to have known Aaron. Um, and I feel even more privileged that she knew my three children. She taught them all at Sunday school. And that didn't sort of stop, you know, years and years ago when they finished Sunday school. That never finished, that love and care that she showed them. And I think the story that comes to mind for me, that I'm sorry, I've told a couple of people, is years and years ago, I was talking to, um, at a home group, to somebody, a young man who was having a bit of a troubled stage that um, used to come to this church. And he hadn't been there on Sunday, so just catching up. And he said, you know, nobody cares about me, nobody cares about me. Well, I said, well, somebody asked about you in church on Sunday. And he just went, well, Anne did. And he just knew that nobody else cared about him. And uh, always would. And I think that's just Anne as she was. So a big thank you for Anne. I think. audience to finish this part. Um, good afternoon everybody. Um, we as a family moved up here when I was 11 and we've been in this church since I was 11 which is 50 odd years ago. I'm not giving you my age. <laughs> and in all that time we've known Anne. She and my mum were really really good friends and when when Fiona talked about, you know, the, the, the ladies that get together and we used to pray, that was Anne and my mum and her mum and Gwen and others within the church, the prayer warriors, they used to be called. And it was such a delight to have them because they only had the best of intentions and the best and purest hearts for church. My son's now 34 and never a Sunday went, went by without, went, without her here asking, How's Joshua? What's he doing now? And that to me just gladdened my heart and, and it still gladdens Josh because I told him, you know, when Anne had gone, but unfortunately because he's working, he couldn't make it today. And he remembered Anne going to her classes and her teaching him and he just had so much love for her. And when he came to church, Gwen would, and not Gwen, I've got Gwen on the brain. I haven't seen her for a while. Anne would always search about um, and it was just lovely to see. And I think behalf on all of us, as well. Um, you're going to be missed, but I know that mommy's got a seat for you, so she's going to keep you busy. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for those tributes. We're going to have our readings now, so we're going to invite those who are reading to. We've got three readings, I invite those who are reading to come forward.
what we've heard, I think, some appropriate verses now from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. And they brought the young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Thanks be to God. This is a verse from Luke, chapter 12, verse 27. Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And some words from the Apostle Peter in his first letter, chapter 1. <clears throat> all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. There's some really lovely tributes to Anne, and today is all about giving thanks to God for her, for her life and to the faith, and I hope that you'll take the opportunity that arise later on to keep telling the stories that you have of her and the kindnesses that you receive from her, and to keep remembering and rejoicing. We've heard about her love for children. And that passage for Mark, from Mark uh, points really to the, to the heart of that. It's actually in one of our stained glass windows here, that, that verse, for the children to come unto me. And uh, it's a beautiful window and uh, it's a beautiful message. Jesus uh, rebuking his disciples for thinking that he wouldn't have time for the smallest or the least or the youngest. Of course, he had time for them. They were right at the heart of what he had come to do. I'm sure many of you will have seen Anne's eyes light up when she saw children. They seemed to bring her to life in a way that was quite simply a joy to see. It's not that she was miserable without them, of course she wasn't, but they just brought her huge delight. And she seemed to have that knack of being on their level immediately to knowing what brought them joy and fun and delight and being able to communicate at that level and together to enjoy being together and to enjoy learning more of God and his love. Her years here in Sunday school were uh, a testimony to that love for children, 
but also for her dedication and her commitment. 60 years in one job, loving and sharing and speaking and preaching to children. It is absolutely phenomenal. And of course, it was the same love that took her to seedlings, often in the kitchen, setting things up, but very much part of the team. Loved being with the children, loved being with the volunteers, being part of the camaraderie of those sessions. And of course, if you've ever been in her home, you will know that her love for children was also there very much for, for people in general, for adults. The welcome that you received when you went into her home was phenomenal. Wonderful food, lovely stories and memories told with such delight and pleasure, somehow drawing you into them and enabling you to enjoy them. Whenever you went there, you came away feeling better, especially when you lost your keys. And she had that famous drawer and she opened them, opened that drawer and said, I've got most of the keys of the parish in here. And she'd root around and she'd give you your keys. Her beautiful commitment to Wednesday prayers, to project prayers. As we've heard already, the way she spoke to people on the desk. She knew them, she loved them. And then she'd tell you about their shopping trips afterwards. One week to Little, one week to Waitrose. And she loved telling you that she paid when you went to Little and John paid when he went to Waitrose. She was unendingly cheerful, wasn't she? Positive, hopeful, generous, believing the best of others and therefore bringing the best out of others. She loved children, she loved people. She loved creation. Heard that from that passage in Luke about the, the splendor of the, of the flowers. She loved them. And it's wonderful to see our church today full of flowers testimony to her. She uh, used to tell the story of starting her flower arranging here in what we now call the prayer room. In there's, there's two little sort of fixed vases on either side of the, uh, of the memorial and that's where she started. And she used to say, you've not arranged flowers until you've had to crack the ice to put them in. And her garden was a place of joy and delight to her and to many other people. She was surprisingly dismissive of her abilities as a gardener. She used to say, I just put it in and it grows. But anyone who'd seen that garden knew that she was brilliant. She loved her cats too. And I think the only time I, I've ever heard her say anything which, which could even have been uh, possibly interpreted as critical was the fact that we loved having foxes in our garden. We do get them from time to time and we get terribly excited about it. And uh, she, she did tell me once that foxes can take a cat, she said. And if Elvis disappeared mysteriously overnight, it was clear who was going to be held responsible. Love for children, love for people, love for creation, and of course, love for God. That's not my phone, is it? No, it's not. Praise the Lord. Okay. Um, the word of the Lord endures forever. She knew that word and she loved God. She had committed herself as a 14-year-old to God and to his service and began working with children. And she said that each year she came back to God and said, do you want me to carry on 
Is this what you want of me? And praise the Lord, she heard his voice say yes. Her faith made her who she was. And she was like Jesus. And in a time, and perhaps even a place, where our faiths can sometimes feel like they're in competition, she went to the heart of faith. She looked at God in Jesus, and she became more and more like him. She knew that to trust in God is to become more like God. To become more like God is to become more fully human. To be more fully human is to be a blessing to the world. She knew that at a deep and profound level, and she lived out the life of faith. You didn't have to be around and long to know that you were being drawn closer to God. She loved, she loved children, she loved people, she loved creation, she loved God. And in all her loving, we were blessed. Perhaps the only thing we can be cross with her for, and that only for a moment, is that she didn't give us a chance to say goodbye. It wasn't her choice, of course, to go so quickly. And perhaps for her, a lovely way to go. But for the rest of us, and most of all for John, a shock. And a shock that will take months and years to get used to, if we manage it at all. And grief and grieving is right, and we must help John through that. But she wouldn't want us to be miserable, would she? She'd want us to meet, to eat, to be together, to laugh and sing and pray and talk. That's what she would want. And I hope that's what you will do today and in the weeks and months ahead. So the next time you see a flower or a garden or a cat, the next time you hear a child laugh, remember Anne and smile at all the joy she gave to you. But don't just remember her. Thank God for her. Thank God that we got to spend so many years with her. And thank her most of all that she pointed us to Christ, in whose arms we can now leave her. Amen.